We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR. R-A-Z-O-R. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, February 23rd. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. The NBA trade deadline passed just about 45 minutes ago as we sit down to record. Pretty uneventful considering the type of names that we had that, that looked at one time or another over the last couple of weeks like they might be moved. Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Carmelo Anthony's name still kind of hanging around in those discussions. None of those three guys end up being moved and you know now as we look back the DeMarcus Cousins deal uh, which ended up being finalized on Monday by far the splashiest move 
of the trade deadline. You and I talked about that on the podcast earlier in the week, so we won't talk about Cousins, uh, but let's just run through quickly, uh, starting with the deals that broke on Tuesday. Rockets added Lou Williams. Um, you know, again, it's, it's been a couple days since that deal, so we won't go into too much depth with that. But they get Lou Williams. They send Corey Brewer uh, and an unprotected first rounder to L.A. So probably going to be in the you know 22 to 27 range uh, will that pick. And and they add, you know, maybe the guy who was number two behind Eric Gordon in, in six man of the year voting in Lou Williams. So the Rockets got better. The Wizards responded by adding Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, boosting what was the NBA's second worst scoring bench. Ursan Ilyasova on the move again, his fifth team, I believe, uh, since the start of last season. He's now in Atlanta. That trade happened last night. And then that brings us to today. Uh, again, a bit of an underwhelming deadline. Uh, as things kind of closed up at three o'clock, but we'll start with the first deal that went down. That was the 76ers finally dealing one of their centers, not Jalil Okafor, but Nerlens Noel goes to Dallas. Dallas sends back Andrew Bogut, Justin Anderson, uh, and a protected draft pick. Your initial thoughts here, uh, I should preface it by clarifying that Dallas technically traded a first round pick, but it's top 18 protected this season. And if it doesn't convey, which it you know at this point looks like it has almost no chance to, it turns in uh, to two second round picks in 2018 and 2019. So basically, what the the Sixers are going to get is Bogut, who they're going to waive, Justin Anderson, and two second round picks for Nerlens Noel. I think it's fine. You know, I, I it's it's about what I would have been willing to pay for a guy like Nerlens Noel. I, I was sort of under the assumption that maybe he was valued higher in in certain circles but uh i mean i think you can make a decent case that justin anderson is has a chance to be just as good as nerland's noel if you factor in offense i mean his his per 36 minute numbers are, are pretty solid i mean he doesn't he doesn't play that much but he's you know still fairly young uh would have thought that they could have maybe gotten a future first even if it wasn't like a 2017 first from someone maybe like a 2018 2019 first from like a a top 15 team but uh you know they could maybe you hit on one of those second rounders and it's all becomes worth it Mm -hmm. i think there was still the belief that they were going to end up dealing okafor and judging by the reaction of you know sixers people on the timeline okafor was the guy that they would have preferred to move you know, if you had to choose one or the other, uh, I think the hope is that they would move both. I think it was a somewhat of an underwhelming return for Nerlens Noel, considering, you know, Bogdanovich got a first round pick. Um, you know, Lou Williams got a first round pick. I think most people considered Noel to be in that category, even though, you know, he's been in kind of this weird situation in Philadelphia this season. Uh, but it's a good get, I think, for the Mavs. I mean, Noel has a $5.8 million qualifying offer this summer. Dallas creates a trade exception in the deal. I would imagine, you know, the fact that they were willing to attach Justin Anderson and and the draft picks that they don't see Noel as just a half season rental. I mean, this isn't a team that's going anywhere near the playoffs. So I think the hope is that, you know, you get Noel in town and and maybe you're able to convince him to stay beyond this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they just pick up his option and just right roll it. You know, one more one more year with him. I I don't know I I think they do I, I right. don't, there's no reason to, for this to be a I don't, I don't think that they would give him I don't think they're looking to give him like a big money extension no. when I that, think this when is a tryout more yeah. or less though yeah. you know, it's like okay we want to see what this guy looks like 
in a real rotation that doesn't have you know what the Sixers have. I just think that it it just goes to kind of further prove that teams just aren't looking for these types of defense only players like a guy like Bogdanovich who can at least shoot or a guy like Lou Williams who is just you know horrible defensively and probably isn't going to be able to score very efficiently against playoff caliber defenses like those guys were just still in higher demand than a guy like Noel with his size and athleticism Mm -hmm. who just really can't do much offensively so just you know if you're if you're a high schooler you're in college like you got to Got to work on that jump kids shot, man. There. Like, like all there's, all the, there's all the kids listening. There's no money in just being like a good defensive player. Like, you have to be able to do something else. And he, that's that's kind of that that return tells you all you need to know about that. Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> so the Sixers get Bogut again. He's going to be waived. They they were going to try to flip him basically immediately and maybe grab a second round pick or, or something rather than just buying him out, but. The expectation is in the next couple of hours, Andrew Bogut is going to be a free agent. Darren Williams also expected to be in that same boat. Uh, Terrence Jones. So there's going to be some names out there for teams like Cleveland to to try to grab teams like Houston, which, as we'll get to in a little bit, dumped two roster spots today. Uh, sounds like they're going to pursue Andrew Bogut, according to Mark Stein. Uh, so that would be an interesting landing spot. But I, I think is there a team out there that you think Bogut helps the most? Wait, OKC is going to pursue him? Houston. Oh, Houston's going to pursue Bogut? Says uh, Mark Stein. I don't know. I mean, Bogut's been really bad this year. It's hard to envision him seeing more than maybe like 12 minutes a game in a, in a postseason series. Uh, you know, he's been linked to Boston a lot just because they need front court defensive help. But, I mean, I think they could have acquired him for pretty much nothing. So the fact that they didn't mm-hmm. kind of tells you that maybe they're not that interested. Uh, I don't. I just don't see him moving the needle for anyone. I mean, he's he's just been horrible offensively. He's been pretty bad. Yeah, I think Cleveland will take a look. I think Cleveland will definitely look at uh, at Darren Williams as well. I mean, he they there was reportedly you know talks of swapping Shumpert for Patrick Beverly. Houston kind of balked at that one balked being a key term that you're going to hear more on a day like this than just about any day uh but you know all three of those guys are going to end up somewhere balked is seems to accompany like any kind of just silly trade offer (laughs) that doesn't make sense for the team that's balking like right oh they didn't want to make this bad trade so they balked (laughs) right yeah exactly Cavs balked at teams <laughs> calling on LeBron James. Like, yeah, it make, it always like implies that it was an even deal, and one team just you know, you know you're staring. One at team was like the, somebody was blinked, like, crashed the party, and right. like decided not to make yeah. this awesome deal happen. Right, exactly. Uh, okay, so the deals really are pretty minor beyond uh, a Nerlens Noel, Andrew Bogut, Justin Anderson swap, which which seems hard to believe. I and mean, there's a couple as we go through. I mean, is the second biggest one the PJ Tucker one? Well, that's up for debate. We're going to go in order. So we'll get to the P.J. Tucker one. Big spoiler by you there. That's how you tease it. Uh, But the Nets, (laughs) the Brooklyn Nets continue their assault on, I don't even know what, just improving their roster. They got K.J. McDaniels from the Rockets for a future protected second-round pick. This is a pick, one of those that like you just don't even know if Houston's ever going to get. Like All of a sudden, it's like 2023, 20, and they have this extra pick, and you're like, oh, why do they have this pick? And then you look it up, and it's because of the K.J. McDaniels deal. This was just Houston trying to free up a roster spot to 
add somebody, you know, a guy like Bogut who's going to end up being bought out. So Houston just trying to dump a little bit of cash, free up a roster spot. The Nets basically just get a free KJ McDaniels. And if you're a KJ McDaniels fan or if you're listening KJ McDaniels, this is a great, great opportunity because this is a guy who is barely in the rotation, was out of the rotation for a lot of the year with Houston. And now he goes to like the one spot where he might actually get to see consistent run. Yeah, he's a great net, you know. I mean, I look at that Nets team, and it just seems like shocked he wasn't already on a bunch of guys that just really remind me of KJ McDaniel's, Mm -hmm. and I think that'll be a great place for him to hang out. There's like twelve KJ McDaniel's type of guys on this team. Like, I'd love to go like see a Nets scrimmage and be like uh, just a bunch of bricks and a bunch of like blocks and steals. Athletic though, yeah, man. That was Man. a great play. He didn't finish it, but that right. was a great play. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, well, that, that's all we need to say about that one. I mean, this, these are the type of moves, though, if you're Brooklyn. Like it, this doesn't move the needle. It's not splashy, but it's it's a smart move. It's, you know, maybe you end up with something. I mean, we've seen everywhere McDaniels goes, everyone seems to like him, but then he ends up being moved or falls out of the rotation. So, I mean, he's still only 24. Good move by Brooklyn. The Milwaukee Bucks. Man, you talk about a franchise. The Milwaukee Bucks get a second-round pick, a future second-round pick, for the services of Roy Hibbert, who they are sending to the Denver Nuggets. They got Hibbert back on February 2nd, part of the Plumlee deal that also brought Spencer Hawes to Milwaukee. Now they send Hibbert, who did not play at all in, in like two weeks with the Bucks, didn't see the floor once. Now he goes to Denver, basically as insurance if Mason Plumlee gets hurt or Nikola Jokic gets hurt. Not going to see a ton of minutes, but he's in a slightly better spot in Denver than he was in in Milwaukee as far as seeing minutes on a night to night basis. Yeah, uh, what what a trade, you right, know? The trade. <laughs> uh, I mean, did they do it? Do you think Denver did it more just to reach the salary floor and like get that that contract yeah. coming off the books? I mean, like yeah, they, yeah, he'll, Hibbert's expiring. He's, he's not really like they they weren't like man. We need we need some backup big man help you know yeah. like the, I, I think we it need to get ourselves a, a former all-star yeah they did just that uh so yeah i mean hibbert like i said just insurance for denver you know they, they were in need of of one more center and you know for milwaukee's services they basically don't have to pay roy hibbert for the last couple months of the season and they also free up a roster spot for a potential buyout guy so hard to imagine uh you know milwaukee as a non at least on, from the outside a non-contending team in the east uh, you know, making a play at, at someone like Williams or Bogut, but you never really know with that team. Doug McDermott, Taj Gibson, a 2018 second round pick, all heading to Oklahoma City. The Thunder sending campaign Joffrey Lavernier and Anthony Morrow to Chicago. What are the Bulls doing here? Well, you know, I I've seen Cameron Payne play and thought he looked good at times, so I'm, I'm yeah. guessing that that's probably uh, their their logic there. Is Car Foreman, the, welcome to the podcast. They, they, uh, you know, they saw him play and they were like, "Wow, this guy was good." That that one time we saw him, uh, I don't know. He's probably had at a summer league. He's had a horrible year. I didn't I didn't realize he'd been this bad. I mean, there were times like, do you remember when when did he look good? Like, was it towards? the end of last year i feel like, I feel like there, were times, there, there were yeah, times no, there like, were times there were times as a backup yeah. point guard he looked pretty decent there were times when i was like how come this guy's not playing more right, like that was last season he broke yeah, his foot exactly. in the preseason has been not good since he's been back from that foot injury i just you know you, chicago still has rajon rondo they still have michael carter williams they still have jerry and grant 
Like, which of these guys were, is going to get pushed out now? Not that any of them were doing all that great. They were like, well, now, you know, now that we get him away from this, like, toxic uh, me first point guard in OKC, we'll bring him amongst our guys who are all team first, you know, types of point guards that are going to help you grow. You know, Rajon Rondo, Michael Carter-Williams. I mean, these are these are mentors that can really uh, extract the, the best out of a guy like Cameron Payne. Yeah, if you take a little bit from each of them, you know, maybe you'll develop into like a. I don't even. I don't even. I'm trying to think of a name. I say a cannon. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically, this is like a minor version of what the Kings see in Buddy Heald, where it's like, I don't think Cameron Payne has all that much value around the league, but if all it takes is one front office who considers him a big time asset, and all of a sudden you're giving up your expiring veteran and Taj Gibson and doug mcdermott who you traded multiple picks for to get in the first place and now you're basically cutting bait on for pain and a couple of spare parts in lavernier and and moro so I, I do like it for okc i mean you lose your backup point guard but at the same time you bring in a guy who's a better shooter than anyone else on your roster by a pretty good margin the best three-point shooter by percentage on this thunder roster right now is victor oladipo and he's shooting like 35% a career high and you know somewhat unsustainable. So I like that from that perspective. Plus you get Gibson. He's an upgrade over Lavernier. Cantor's still hurt, although he should be back soon. Um, How is there not more of a market for Gibson? Right? Like, like wouldn't he, the he's like Celtics the, want him or something? Yeah, you would like think. I mean, Raptors. It, you feel like any team that would be in the market for P.J. Tucker would have been in the market for Gibson as a backup. Yeah. Wizards maybe. Even like Houston. Gibson like is just the type of guy that you would want to add for the like the playoff run. Like I mean, pretty much regardless of what team you are, like it, it would right. seem like there would be uh, use for a guy like that off the bench. Right? So. It, they were treating him as if he had like another two years left on his deal, and no. he doesn't. Like he's an expiring guy. It's it's an odd deal. I mean, it's a good move for OKC. I just you'd think they would have had more competition. Like this can't be the best offer that was out there for Gibson. Yeah, I Maybe don't know. Might have might have been, I guess. All right. Um, oh, this is a big one. The Suns got Mike Scott. Did, I literally did not know Mike Scott was still in the NBA. I thought he got in trouble this summer and was out of the league. But no, I was wrong. He is now with the Phoenix Suns. The Hawks get cash. This is not I mean, often in the NBA you see a cash deal go down. This speaks to your work ethic that you uh, included this in your uh, trade tracker piece that's up yeah. on the site right with now. That alliteration? I... I if I had been, if it, if it had been me, I would have skipped over this one and <laughs> pretended like it didn't happen. But you're a, a man of principle, uh, a man of a better work ethic than I than I have. As we'll let's not, let's not get crazy. <laughs> we'll we'll get to my I skipped lunch today. We'll get at to my, my favorite uh, restaurant to write up a Mike <laughs> Scott trade. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not much there. I don't get this at all for Phoenix. You know, I, you're not losing anything as far as picks or assets, but you already have two 19 year old power forwards and. A, you know Alex Len, and it just seems like why even. What add, were they doing with this? Why deal? are you adding someone <laughs> who's called Young Emoji? Who didn't he get caught with like Molly this off season? Like it just it just <laughs> seems like a weird weird call. All right, um, the Rockets cleared another roster spot. They flipped Tyler Ennis to the Lakers. The Lakers send back Marcelo Huertas, best known for at the end of last season, basically like, committing one of the worst like overall basketball possessions of all time. Rockets are going to wave Huertas, similar situation to what the Sixers are doing with Bogut. So Huertas, this might be it for him. I don't, I don't know what team is going to be interested in bringing on a 33-year-old who's proven to be atrocious in the NBA. 
Rockets open up a roster spot, free up. I think they saved like 200,000 or a very minuscule number against the cap. Uh, but again, this is just Houston kind of positioning themselves for the buyout market. Yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this this one, the final one, and again, this is sad that this is like the grand finale. This one came in like right at 3 o'clock our time, uh, or sorry, 3 o'clock Eastern time, 2 o'clock our time. Fireworks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, fireworks. Like this is a name like nobody was talking about PJ Tucker. Like even even with all the Jimmy Butler talk and the Paul George talk and the Mellow talk, I mean Tucker's a guy that's been in these conversations for months as, you know, basically a piece that, you know, slots in for Toronto, which is where he ended up, or Cleveland or or one of those type of teams and basically exactly what everyone predicted happened. He goes to Toronto, the Suns get Jared Sullinger and they get some future second round picks. This seems like a kind of a no-brainer deal for Toronto. They had, you know, some extra second rounders. This is a contending team that doesn't expect to get anything from those picks anyway. Jared Sullinger had fallen out of the rotation before the All-Star break. That never really seemed like much of a fit. So you're basically getting a free rental of PJ Tucker, and the obvious goal here is to just get someone who can guard Paul George and who can guard LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah, I I guess. I mean that he's probably as good at guarding those guys as anyone they they currently had on the roster but i mean he's still not gonna you know he's not gonna stop lebron from being lebron in a if it's a pivotal series and a pivotal pivotal moment so uh i mean I, that's obviously what they were sort it's of like isn't that targeting. what damari carroll is for i mean <laughs> damari carroll that just didn't work out awful uh yeah I, the Rap- about getting fleeced the raptors it's just it seems like too little too late it's like, cute. i mean it's it's nice that they finally decided to make some moves but i mean what are they like the third or fourth best team in the east right now like well anyway. i mean this plus ibaka is interesting because no other team in the east you know the wizards added bogdanovich you know that's that's all well and good the celtics didn't do anything like this is by far the most that any other team has done to try to yeah. improve and it's like you can't do a whole lot better than adding serge ibaka and pj tucker yeah, no, that's, that's I think true. I think they did what they could. You know, is it going to be enough? You know, still probably not. But if you're Toronto, you're basically betting that Kevin Love's not going to be healthy in the playoffs. And if he's not, then all of a sudden this looks like it could be enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. Uh, looking forward to... You can hear the excitement in your look, voice. Looking forward to the Eastern Conference playoffs more than I... <laughs> More than I typically people, am. People also forget that the Raptors were so close, like four different times, to losing in the first round last year. Yeah. And now they're like, they're right there. They're right there. Uh, all right, let's talk mock lottery. Um, you know, anyone who has the internet knows by now that mock lottery 3.0 from James Anderson hit the web, the World Wide Web last night. Not a lot of changes at the top. Still Markel Fultz, number one. Still Josh Jackson, number two. Uh, Lonzo Ball up at number three. That pick would currently go to the Lakers. Lakers, of course, keep their pick if it's in the top three. They lose it if it's not. Are there any changes that you want to note? I do notice that one name here uh, who had been a mainstay in the lottery is no longer listed. Well, like the reason I the reason I wanted to... Uh, produce mock lottery 3.0 at this moment in time is just because it is sort of a snapshot of sort of where things stood as all those those picks were getting moved around and that the cousins trade and uh you know you see the the lakers 
as things stand today, would keep their pick in in the top three if if the lottery odds shook out uh, chalk wise, which is obviously what they're hoping to do. They they probably should in, improve those odds as the the season winds down, and then if if things ended today, the the Sixers or the the Kings actually would be likely to give up that that pick to the Bulls as it would land at at pick 11. That's obviously probably going to change as as we move the, forward. The Kings might not win a game the rest of the way. <sighs> yeah, I I've heard some people say that maybe they'll be excited to play they'll, without they'll Boogie, out. but like if you look at that roster, it's like it doesn't really matter how excited you are to play without somebody. Right. Like someone's still got to be uh, competent. Condolences to Tyreek Evans. Um, they do play the Nets though. So well, and the other the other big uh, thing that's going to change in this as things move on is like the Kings. The pick that the, they got for Cousins would be eighth right now if the lottery shook out that way. Yes, uh, that's going to probably move up closer to you know thirteen, fourteen, maybe maybe even out of the lottery altogether. Uh, the one guy that I took out who is in pretty much every other. Mock lottery you'll see is De'Aaron Fox. I just explain yourself. I think when you when people run the numbers, <laughs> it's not the hair. Uh, I've got you know I'm, I'm I've got class. You know I'm not going to knock a guy out of the lottery just because of his hair. Starts putting it in a little pony. Uh, I think when like everyone's kind of looking at their advanced metrics on all these guys, someone's going to have to bring up the the point that he's shooting like less than 20% from three. And I'd love to know how many point guards have shot that poorly in college and then even became, you know, even like John Wall level three-point shooters, you know? Like it's it's got to be possibly a list of zero. Like I, I just I, – it's, it's really hard to – in, imagine Are you saying he's maybe the worst shooting point guard of all time. Well, like he's like Rajon Rondo. Basically. Right, Rondo shot twenty seven percent from three in his last year at Kentucky. Yeah, so that's like I mean that's better. John Wall. Granted, Rondo was there. John for, Wall was at thirty three percent, which is not. And how many how many years was Rondo there? Two or three? Two, two. Yeah, he was so thirty percent as a freshman, twenty seven as a sophomore. Oh, so yeah, he was better both years. I mean, like it's just really unprecedented. Right. Um, so I, I just don't know how. Like even if you love everything else he does, I I like. I think he's a great college point guard because you don't need to really stretch the floor at that position if you have a guy like Malik Monk next to you. But uh, in the NBA, you just absolutely have to. I mean, look at Michael Carter-Williams, look at Rashawn Rondo. Like These guys just aren't NBA players really anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. So even if even with his athleticism, even with his uh, speed and ability to, to get the break going, I just think teams are going to look at some of the big men. Like I, I have a run of... You know, starting at number eight with Laurie Markinen, I have big men taking up all the other spots, minus uh, you know Malik Monk and Miles Bridges in the lottery, just because I think that teams are going to look at these guys and see at, at the very least, you know, maybe starters, maybe uh, really good bench players, maybe a guy like Harry Giles who's a, a lottery ticket that has uh, much higher upside than a guy like Darren Fox. Like I, I just don't see a team using a, a pick that high on a point guard who has such you know huge red flags in the, the shooting I department. Think, I think Fox could be really good, you know, it, whether we're talking immediately or down the road. I, I think for him to be really good right away, he would need to go to like one of four really good spots for him. Like you can throw 
Markel Fultz or Dennis Smith on a bad team, and I think they're going to make that team better. I think De'Aaron Fox would really, really struggle if he was in a situation where he was asked to be anything more than like the second or you know or basically a top three option on offense. I think that's asking too much for a guy who can't shoot and probably needs to gain you know significant weight. But if you put him on a good team. I think that changes things, or maybe you expect you bring them along a little bit more slowly. Uh, sure. If you just throw them into the fire right away, like if you're the Orlando Magic and you draft, you know, which they're not going to do it. Well, like before, Alfred if, Payton's another right, perfect like, example. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. He could very easily become Alfred Payton. Like that seems to me like Alfred Payton seems like a very realistic like comp for for yeah. Fox. Like I like their, their games are so similar right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. If you if you sent him to like the Kyle Anderson, DeJounte Murray, like Spurs, like incubation chamber where they just aren't allowed to do anything and just have to get better. Like maybe that would be the best case scenario for him long-term. But I, I think, I don't know. I think some teams just going to eventually just kind of look at the speed and in kind of the mid teens, late teens, maybe, Mm -hmm. and, and pop him and just eventually just kind of fall out of love with him and you you might see him get flipped like two trade deadlines from now for like a future second rounder exactly yeah i mean 13 to miami would be interesting to me you know if that's where the heats pick ultimately falls because you have Drogic, you have a stable organization you know a team that can bring in other assets and free agency around him like that would be a to me that's a much better landing spot than him going to like chicago at 11 or new york at Mm -hmm. nine do you remember where uh, i had the heat the the last mac lottery was four weeks ago do you remember where the Heat were picking in that one? I I would guess like six. Seven? Second. Second. Second? Yeah. They've gone from second best odds for the first pick to 13th best odds mm, in the past guys. month. So You're better than that. <laughs> um, Deion Waiters. That's that's the D, that's what Deion Waiters does, man. He, he knocks you way out of the mix for the yeah. number one pick. We can't rule out, <laughs> you know, like shoot around Tuesday morning. You know, you get you get a tweet from the Heat that a masked man who has like the same silhouette as Pat Riley just went full Tanya Harding and and like whacked Deion Waiters in the right arm with a pipe. Like I think they had the right idea bringing in Waiters as like a guy that they could give minutes to who would help them lose a bunch of games, but uh <laughs> it it's not it hasn't, for this. hasn't played out that way. Yeah, he's he's really really <laughs> underwhelmed. Uh so you still have Miles Bridges in the lottery. Not a huge fan of that, but I respect your opinion. Well, like I Why? what where would you I mean, who would you want in there that's not in there? I think Fox still goes before him. Leaf is interesting. Leaf is going to be so team dependent. Like there might be a team at ten who loves TJ Leaf, but there also might be teams that are more in love with Bridges' freakish athleticism. I smell like a bet. Like I, we don't need to do it now, Get but DJ like, in here. like a a who goes higher out of Bridges and Fox bet is one that I okay I could see myself uh, signing up for in a in a month or two. Um, I I don't know. I just I think the teams picking in this range like after. I mean, really, after marketing goes off the board, I think all these teams are going to kind of put their hands up and just, you know, maybe there's a guy that they really love of that that next group of guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of them really likes Monk. Maybe one of them really likes Patton. Uh, but I, I think none of these teams really are going to love this spot. And I think you, the smart thing to do would be to either just roll the dice on a guy like Harry Giles or take just a very solid – rotation player like ivan rab uh 
you know, Robert Williams to me is a guy that's going to have a long career in the league just because of his, what he does rebounding and, and shot blocking and his athleticism. And he's, he's still got uh, a little bit of upside offensively. He could, could stretch out a little bit. Uh, Patton's a nice project. I just, I don't know why you would take a guy like Fox over, over those guys, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. I think I could also see OG Ananobi going higher because if you just go player by player, like Josh Jackson's a well above average defender. Uh, Jonathan Isaac can be an above average defender. He's got to put on some weight, but like block shots, steals, he's he's checks those boxes. Declina uh, could be a above average defender. Robert Williams could be an above average defender. But you just it it's really hard to find many of those guys. And if a team really wants a two way player, OG Ananobi could still go in the lottery. I think. All right, so the Mavs just waived Darren Williams. Cleveland, according to AP sources, John Krasinski. Sounds like the Cavaliers are the leading candidate. Uh, Should they be? One. Two, if they do sign Darren Williams, how much does this, you know, how much of an upgrade, I guess, is he over Kay Felder slash Iman Schumbert, who have been running the second unit this year? Uh, He's a, yeah, I think they should. I don't see... I mean, I, I can't remember a, a player coming into like a LeBron team and ruining the dynamic. You know, it, it's just. Yeah, I don't think that's an issue. Uh, this I, does remind me a little bit of when Mike Bibby joined the Heat at the deadline in 2011 and was like pretty good for the rest of the regular season. Shot like 50, you know, 50% from the field, 46% from three, and then shot 28% in the playoffs and was like the worst player on the roster and went 17 of 66 from three and like shot them out of the finals huh. yeah i i mean do you you trust him more than those names that you yeah, said yeah though, I'm before. So, yeah so like, i mean he's a major upgrade over felder right like, that's not necessarily a knock on felder he's just not ready and he's five eight. i think it's a knock on felder um a deserved knock i mean he, it's a it's a knock he deserves uh yeah i think it's a it's a i think they really looked out you know i think that that's why you got to be patient and wait till this yeah. time in the season when these guys become available. Right. Well, this is a better option for Cleveland than forcing a trade right. for like Ricky Rubio and giving up something to have to get Rubio or Jameer Nelson when you can get a player of similar caliber. And it, I mean, it's going to cost them, but it's going to cost Dan Gilbert. It's not going to cost you know anybody on the roster. Uh, anything else you want to note in this mock lottery? I know you have Ivan Rab at thirteen. He said earlier this week um to to the local tv station out in berkeley that you know it's probably going to be his final home game as senior night comes up for the cow bears not a big surprise but this is also a guy who we expected to come out last year and didn't but it does sound like he's got his mind set out on on coming out of school after two years now you know he's flying a little bit under the radar he's playing uh, so much better than he did last year i didn't expect these types of gains necessarily at least not after the the start he got off to uh i don't know where where do you think how far could he fall like i, I think he going in the lottery he shouldn't but he could i just don't know man it's there aren't that many good players outside of the like the the okay the spot that i love is uh, the back end of the first round where guys like Luke Kennard and Caleb Swanigan are going to be available because, like I, I texted you last night, uh, Luke Kennard to me, get ready for this count, 
Get ready for this one. Luke Kennard, I think, is a better version of Buddy Heald. <gasps> like, that's, How dare you that's, say that? like, that's super reasonable. Just that like, Dive is on a plane. If you, I mean, Carolina if you compare, right and Luke Kennard's going to be available like in the late 20s. I think he's like he's a better defender than Buddy Heald. He's a better ball handler than Buddy Heald. He's a very similar shooter, if not a better worse shooter. Worse hair, though. Worse hair. Much worse hair. More pouty face. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think those two are extremely similar, and okay. and he'll be available late. Swanigan like checks all of the Malcolm Brogdon, Draymond Green like guy that ben inexplicably Wallace. falls late in the draft type of boxes. Sure. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, we haven't talked about Tatum. I, should, I feel obligated to mention him. One, he's, he's still not hurt. Tatum. He's still still alive, still healthy. Had 19, 13, and 6 last night. Duke <laughs> lost to Syracuse on a buzzer beater, but his best all-around game probably of the season. I mean, he's Jason Tatum looks really good, and for a freshman that came in with the kind of hype he had to be averaging 17 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2 assists, and be shooting the ball as well as he is, and to be reasonably projected as like the sixth or seventh pick is pretty crazy because these these are basically Jabari Parker type of numbers, and he's oh, yeah. not receiving nearly the type of hype that that Parker did a couple of years ago. Yeah, like that. That's when people talk about this being one of the best drafts in years. What they're talking about is the guys that are going to be available at like six, seven, eight, because like those guys. This is the best time to be don't. the Knicks. <laughs> or the Kings or the Mavs. Those guys just don't like Jason Tatum's are just not available after the first two picks in almost any draft. Like they're always in the mix to go number one. And right. he's just really not in that mix anymore. Uh so you mentioned Buddy Heald. We need to touch on the weird report yesterday that like in the Pelicans trips to Sacramento this year, Vivek basically sits courtside and has been essentially telling Buddy Heald that they were going to trade for him. Like, have you not seen this? No. I think I want to say, I want to credit it to Sean Cunningham. I believe that was his name. He's a, a Sacramento reporter who who said, like, Buddy, had, Buddy Heald had told him this. You know, there was some question of something along the lines of, did you know Sacramento was interested in you? And Buddy Heald was like, yeah, I would be, we'd be playing. And I would, like, run down the court. And Vivek would say, we're going to get you. I'm still going to find a way to get you. Like, how creepy is that? That's weird That's as hell, creepy. right? That's pretty creepy. It's really weird, and it might be tampering. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I mean, the NBA is obviously not like, Imagine the look on Buddy Heald's face. Like, somebody needs to go back and look at the that game. Is like, that is tampering. That is tampering. That's not weirdo. might be tampering. That is tampering. <laughs> definitely tampering. Like, no one has really brought that up because it's the Kings, and it's like, this is the least of our concerns right now. It's like, let them have this. I think there's fatigue of this trade already, but I don't want there to be. Like, I... To me, it's just it's great to discuss, and I think we can go. We can keep going in on cousins if you want. I think uh, the the stuff about Vivek being offended by cousins talking crap about Golden State is great. Like, there's just so many great little like nuggets that make right. this just delightful. Well, they tried to hire. You know, there, there, there's always this weird like connection between Vivek and Golden State, right? right. Where like yeah. he's he was a part of what they built, and he deserves to take pride in that. But he, it's like he still believes he's working for the Kings and is like an emeritus member of the Warriors, which you can't do that. It's the, the weird thing, though, is if you love that organization so much and you just want to be, you want to create Golden State 2.0, why is Vladi Divac your general manager? Like, why wouldn't you just hire 
someone like Bob Myers, who is smart and right. understands how these things work. Exactly. Like, it's very confusing. And the only, the only kind of reason you can think of is like he's the type of owner that just can't keep his hands out of the day-to-day operation like right even even joe lacob who is like a weird dude he has the self-restraint to take a step back and like let the basketball guys do their thing whereas there are owners he he restrains himself to bowing down on the ground to clay thompson yeah when yeah. the cameras are around like, right. He's, right he's not he's not gonna ham it up and you know meddle with the team so it's it's just weird that he i mean he could be trying to it, they could be like halfway there in terms of trying to create that type of culture but they're uh maybe they're not they're not even close because of just right, one so personnel decision in the mind of vivek buddy healed equals steph curry yes ben mclemore equals clay thompson tyreek evans the Swiss Army knife, probably a Draymond Green. Iguodala or Yeah, actually yeah, he's probably more Iguodala. And then So, yeah, so they're Cauley like Stein so they is, are halfway there. Willie Colley Stein is like the same body as Kevin Durant. So in a lot of ways Willie Colley Stein's there, JaVale McGee. <laughs> sure. They have they have a few JaVale McGee's on that. So roster. they just all they need is their Steph, their Durant, and their Draymond. Right, they got the Curry. That's the important part. They got Steph. Oh wait, Curry. no, they have Steph, right. Yes. Yeah, so they, they have, have Steph. Steph, they have Clay. Okay, good. Right. right. They're, so they just need Durant and Draymond, basically. Yeah, they're they're right there. They're a, they're a Durant and a Draymond away. You hear the you hear the phrase a lot on the cusp. <laughs> the Kings are on the cusp. Who do you like? Who's a player in the, in the NBA right now who you could picture Vivek thinking is uh, the next Durant? Or what, did he? Is that why he wanted Ingram? Because he thought Ingram sure. was his next Durant. Yeah, I think he is a big believer in like when you go to nbadraft.net and it gives you a player comp and it's always like five rungs higher sure. than it should be. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Who do you think, who, like who's his Draymond? What, who's his like... Like Derek Williams, maybe? Derek Williams? <laughs> the Derek Williams? Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jamichael Green, like those type of guys. Like sure. he's, yeah. he's sniffing around, you know, those type of <laughs> rosters. Like KJ McDaniels, what is, he seems like he should be on the Kings or should have been on the Kings. Yeah. It was kind of either Brooklyn or Sacramento. Like kind of like two magnets pulling him one way or the other, and it just ended up to be a little more strong in favor of Brooklyn. I mean, Anthony Randolph, you got to be if you're Anthony Randolph's agent, you're on the phone calling Sacramento, California, multiple yeah. times per day. I mean, the the problem is like, unless the king, unless you can get get their draft picks, the Kings are out of assets at this point. So even well, if you have that magical player that that Vivek likes, uh, there's. Unless you unless you can talk them into giving rid of those picks they just got them. Who is the King's best asset right now? Is it Buddy Heald? I think it's Ben McLemore. Yikes. Ben McLemore, the player who they did not pick up the option on and is maybe gonna walk in free agency, is the best asset. I'm not like saying you're wrong, I but think, like that's that's just what we're talking about. I think here. teams I feel like there are more teams that would like to just kind of give Ben McLemore a try than would like to give Buddy Heald a try. I think there are a lot of teams that would have taken Ben McLemore where the Kings took him or even higher in that draft and might still be a little fascinated. Because, I mean, he has the, like, measurables. Right. And you can blame his lack of development on, I mean, who the hell develops in Sacramento. Right. So, like, that... He you, also had, like, a crazy weird childhood and yeah. kind of behind the eight ball for so, a long time. So, like, there's ways of sort of explaining away his struggles to this point. And, I mean, what... How, what's the gap in age between Macklemore and Heald? Macklemore like, is younger, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, like, they So, Macklemore just turned 24 earlier this month, February 11th. 
Buddy healed turned. Ooh, oh, okay. So healed is younger. Healed's only twenty three. We're good. All right, so he's he like hasn't turned twenty four until okay. December. Yeah, he's like almost two years younger. Okay, or no, less less than a year younger. I'm really, yeah, really okay. rough at math. But but like so the fact that you younger. know the fact that Macklemore's been in the league for three or four years and <clears throat> Heald just got into the league and that they're kind of at the same place, I guess, in terms of how useful they could be offensively. Like that's so, it's interesting. So what you're saying is the Pelicans got fleeced. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I I don't think there's anything. No, this is there's nothing there. It's gonna it's interesting. I wish the cousins thing would have happened earlier because you look at the standings and it's easy to say like, all right, well, New Orleans is just you know that that pick that they're giving to Sacramento that's gonna be like 15 now. They'll cruise to the playoffs. The Pelicans are still have to get past Portland and they still have to get past Denver. Den- Sacramento's gonna fall out of this as they want to do, but it's not gonna be a walk in the park for the Pelicans. I I, I think I read the other day that they have the. T- fourth hardest schedule the rest of the way in terms of opponents record Mm -hmm. and the Blazers have one of the top five easiest schedules remaining Denver has an easier schedule it's not going to be all that easy and you know they basically need Boogie and Davis to coalesce immediately because Denver seemed to have kind of found something before the break with Jokic yeah I'd I'd still take the Nuggets I think so too yeah I would I would take the Nuggets even if it was even right now and they didn't have a two and a half game advantage just because like the Pelicans are more talented at the top. The Nuggets are much deeper. They didn't really lose anybody at the deadline, and you know they're just this is a better overall roster. Did you see a clip today? They were, they were showing like a clip from Pelicans practice, and uh, they were doing like a drill. And Anthony Davis is standing there uh, listening to the coach. The coach is like kind of like directing what they want him to do next, and like Cousins is not listening to the coach and like trying to engage Davis in like some joke like he's like laughing and like pointing somewhere and like trying to like like hey like hey like look at this like and like Davis is like kind of ignoring him and like listening to his coach like the day two of this is this is uh this is gonna be interesting I did read that the two when they went house hunting together on Wednesday night great so that, that I mean, if that could be an episode, do you watch House Hunters? No. What? <laughs> You're surprised Would I don't you watch House HG? Hunters? Like, what, what's your reasoning for not watching this? Do you not have it? Are you busy during that time? It can't um, be by choice. I'll, I'll say I'm busy during okay. that time. Well, House Hunters is a, a good show. Right. Shout out to House Hunters. Right. Not a sponsor of the podcast yet, but could be if the, the right people are interested. But... Basically, what I was going to say is that should have been an episode of House Hunters, but since you're not a House Hunters fan, we'll stay away from that. All right, anything else you want to talk about? Trades, lottery, Arizona, I know, plays tonight on nah. Pac-12 Network, so no one's nah. going to watch it. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. <laughs> Disappointed cool. in the lack of movement at the deadline. I thought we were going to yeah. get PG or Jimmy Butler yeah. on the move. This podcast was about as good as the trade deadline, I would say. I think so, too. I was really excited <laughs> to do this, thinking we would have actual topics, and then we have to end up rambling about why Ben McLemore is the next Clay Thompson or the current Clay Thompson. This is the story of Harry's. 
For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.